So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today on the show, we're going to be covering this week's Real Housewives of Atlanta, which found Marlo and Shrey teaming up in seemingly ways that I never could have predicted years ago when we were on the cast trip. Now, I just want to remind you all that they showed a clip from that cast trip years ago where Sheree and Marlo were fighting with each other and just making noises. They showed a clip of that this week on the show. But I just wanted to play the clip here on this podcast because when that episode aired, it went on for much longer than the clip that they showed this week. So I just have to remind everyone when Sheree and Marlo were fighting on a cast trip, this was maybe five or six seasons ago. I'm not even sure where we're at in time and space, but it was about five, six, maybe even seven years ago. I don't know. And it was Marlo and Sheree fighting on the cast trip, just making noises at each other. And I just have to remind everyone because this went on way longer 
than the flashback clip they showed this week. And obviously, they couldn't play the whole thing because this is incredibly long. But I just have to remind everyone that this was the scene that aired uh, maybe five, six seasons ago. voice. <laughs> and of course, Candy commenting on it. But it was so funny because I went to go find that clip. And the clip that I found then, it felt like forever. It was like 30 seconds of them just going, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, it was one of the greatest moments in all of uh, Real Houses of Atlanta history. And I just had to remind us all. Now, I don't know. They probably did that on a loop or something to make it funnier because I feel like it probably went on for five seconds and they looped it a bunch of times in editing. Uh, but the actual clip that I found, it was like 30 seconds. And then finally Candy commenting on it. it just made me laugh so hard. I had to play it. I had to play it. You guys, and I need the laughs this week. I got to tell you what. I am a little shook. This weekend has been tough. I was in a car accident. Everyone was okay. Everyone is safe and fine and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, I hadn't been in a car accident in ages. And luckily, it wasn't, it wasn't my fault. And again, no one was injured, seriously. So it was all okay. But... Uh, it did leave me sort of shook. Like, I, I was shaking. I'm just a ball of nerves this weekend. So the podcast might be a little bit short. But I do have to tell you a quick funny story about it. Now, I was in this accident. I was rear-ended. And I don't know if anyone's been in that kind of situation, but you really don't know what's going on. And I feel like I was so nervous and scared. And you're kind of wondering. You're in fight-or-flight mode. Like, am I okay? Is everyone okay? Is this person? Matt was driving my passenger seat. Normally, he's driving, but I happen to be the one driving. And we did all our due diligence, we exchanged our information, we did all of that stuff, and then we were headed initially to the post office box. And then uh, as we got back into the car after doing our due diligence and exchanging information, all that stuff, then uh, my body was still in fight-or-flight mode. And rather than going to the post office, I, without even thinking about it, I went to Live Moss and I went into a Taco Bell. <laughs> Matt, we pulled into a Taco Bell. Matt's like, where the fuck are we? Are you driving us right now? Like, why are we in a Taco Bell? We just had lunch and we were just going to a P.O. box. And I was like, well, look, I don't even know why I pulled in here, but I just uh, must be in fight-or-flight mode. And my body took us to the Taco Bell. And so Taco Bell's a sponsor on the show, and this is nothing, this is not an ad or anything. I just have to say that I realized this weekend that when I'm in fight or flight mode, when I'm in fight or flight mode, I immediately want to live mass. And I got me some extra hard tacos that day because I needed it. And so I need the laughs this week. I hope we can find some laughs here on Real House of Land. I love this week's episode, by the way. And again, I just want to say everyone's okay and safe and all that kind of good stuff. But uh, car accidents are scary. Very scary. I do not like it. And I still just feel like a, a ball of nerves. My grandma always used to say, nerved up. She used to say, you're, you're nerved up. And I feel nerved up. So, uh, anyway, the real house of Atlanta. What are we, what are we talking about here? We opened with candy and, uh, teaching her son Chinese or actually, actually it was the other way around. It was the other way around. It was a very cute scene. Then we see Marlo and Kenya saying that they need up, uh, cheer up Sheree. Now I felt a little bit bad this week because last week on the recap, I was talking about how good the episode was. And unfortunately, it was not a good episode for our dear Sheree. She was going through a terrible, uh, she was ghosted by Tyrone when she went to Philly and she was left all alone looking stunningly beautiful at that outdoor restaurant. 
And I feel terrible that I was finding such happiness watching. But again, I just have to remind us that I do feel terrible for Sheree. Uh, but for some reason, when I watch Housewives, uh, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. So I'm not proud of that. Uh, but it is making for good TV. And I want the best for our dear Sheree Whitfield. I want everything good for her. She's been through so much on screen, off screen, and the whole nine. So I just need her to find a good man. Someone's not going to stand her up in Philly uh, with the camera crew there. At least if you're going to stand someone up. I mean, I would be so fucking pissed if somebody stood me up uh, in general, but let alone with the full camera crew. You know we're going to film a reality show and then you're standing me up while I got the full camera crew in tow. Uh-uh. No, I would never, I would never get over that. Never, ever, ever get over that. Never. I could maybe get over it if I'm being stood up, if he's got, you know, if I want to have sex with him and he stands me up, but it's not on camera. I would maybe get over it, have some good sex afterwards and move on. But I would never get over it. Never, ever, ever if there's a reality crew in tow. Mm-mm. But anyway, Marlo and Kenya are saying that they need to cheer up Sheree. And I'm happy about this. But I do have to say, I'm feeling like on The Real House of Atlanta, I'm loving this season. Okay, this is no shade to this season because I think it's flawless so far. Maybe not flawless, but it's pretty up there. It's so much better than last season. I'm just really liking it. But I do have to say, I think we got one too many pot stirs because we got Kenya stirring the pot and she's always stirred the pot. But normally I don't feel like we've had this many pot stirs on the show. Marlo was a friend of, uh, Sheree has sort of come and gone. Drew seemingly is stirring the pot and Sonya now is like stirring the pot all over the place. And I just feel like everyone and even Candy, Candy, who normally we know it takes a backseat to the drama and the pot stirring, right? Like I don't ever remember Candy being this much uh, going from one person to the next person saying, do you hear they said that about this and you and you said this about them and whatever. And now it's happening, I feel like, with every single cast member on the show. I'm like, they need to stop stirring that pot, I think. I think somebody needs to take a break, take a breather, and stop stirring the pot. Because as it stands, Sonia, A-plus pot stir. Candy, A-plus pot stir. Kenya, A-plus pot stir. Drew, pot stir. I'm, I'm going to give Drew like a B-plus pot stir. Marlo, we'll give her an A-minus pot stir. I mean, that's a charade. I'd give her a, probably an A minus pot stirring. That's a lot of fucking pot stirring. No one's taking a bat, back seat. And I love a pot stir, but I just, you know, we need to cool it on the pot. We need to just leave the pot alone for a second. Somebody needs to let somebody else take the lead. And I, I wonder, I, I wonder if producers said we got to step it up from last year or if all of the women just knew everyone thought last season was a flop. We got to step it up. And so, Everyone, even including Candy, who normally would not stir the pot, was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to put me in, coach. I'm going to get in. And by the way, I like it because at least they're clocking in for work, okay? Ladies of the Real Houses of Beverly Hills need to take notes, okay? You need to take notes because the Real House of Beverly Hills, half of them are not clocking into work. And I need them to get in front of the red light and clock in. Uh, but here on Atlanta, they are all clocking in. And now, you see, they can't win either way. I'm here to criticize either way because if they weren't clocking in, I'm going to yell at them. And now they're all clocking in too much, and I'm yelling at them. So, look, I appreciate them. I'm just saying that it's getting to the point where every single scene is like one of the women going to the other women and be like, she just said this shit about you. And then they go to that same person, and they act nice to their face. They're all stirring the pot. And I can't even tell who's a duo and who's not. Like, every time I think... Like Kenya and Drew are friends. There's a minute every week where I'm like, oh, those two seemingly are getting along now. They sit down for lunch and they talk about how they're good buddies. And 
Kenya say, is sticking up for Drew with the, the husband, Ralph. And then I'm thinking they're good friends. And then the next scene, Kenya's going to somebody else, going to Sonia and be like, hey, Drew just talked all that shit about you. And she's like really stirring up. And so I can't tell who's friends, who's not friends. I'm trying to figure it all out. And it's it's getting confusing. It's getting confusing to me. And then even, I don't even think they know who they're filming with uh, from one given scene to the next. Because Kenya, she got sick or something. And then it felt so bizarre to me. So Marlo and Kenya said that they wanted to cheer up Sheree. So they planned this whole thing where Marlo had the Fendi people come in. They were making her some cupcakes and doing all this thing. And it was supposed to be just the single gals. So that was the whole point of it. It was like the single gals getting Sheree to cheer up. But then Kenya seemingly got sick, which they called her out on later. And then they sent Drew, but it was like they had already explained that Drew wasn't invited because she's in a relationship. And then also we know Drew and Sheree weren't getting along. It was all so weird. And then they threw Sheree in the scene because somebody had to be in the scene with Marlo to like get ready for Sheree. And then Drew, they had to kick her out then. Like it was so bizarre filming wise because it was like production, I believe, called up probably all the gals, all the gals. They were like, Kenya's sick. We need someone to film with Marlo. Can you get your ass to Marlo's house with some eggs? Okay. We're going to throw some eggs in a bag, get there with <laughs> That was funny too with the eggs because Marlo's like, what the fuck are these eggs? Because they were in a, she got the cheap eggs. And Drew's like, these were sent from Kenya. And it was like, really, they were sent from production, I believe. I think production went up to the nearest 7-Eleven, got the first eggs they saw in the pink box, and they sent Drew on her way. But you know they were scrambling last minute, so I think production called up every one of the gals and was like, hey, can you go film with Marlo? And Drew was the only one who was available, so Drew's like, okay. But then they couldn't explain why Drew would be there with Sheree. So then they had to kick her out right before Sheree was getting there, and they sent her out the back door. Drew was trying to make a, a doggy bag to go, a little plate, some leftovers. She went all that way at the last minute to cook some food. And then they didn't even let her leave with the proper doggy bag because she was putting some stuff in a napkin. And then Marla's like, you got to get the fuck out. And production like just literally threw her out of that house, threw her out of that house. I mean, I, I, you, I wouldn't have been surprised if I saw a PA just pick up Drew and then toss her out the window because that was essentially what happened there. It was like, get the fuck out of the house. Sheree's pulling up. And I kind of felt like they should have just kept Sheree in the town car or something instead of sending Drew out the back door after she went there at the last minute with those cheap-ass eggs. I felt bad for Drew. I don't normally feel bad for Drew, but I'm like, man, she just went there at the last minute, and then they sent her out the fucking window. So, uh, you know, there's some crazy kind of weird stuff happening with the dynamics, and and I'm not really sure who's friends with whom. Who, whom? I'm not sure. So I got to... I don't know. It's all, I'm loving it though. I'm I'm not, I I don't want to seem like I'm complaining because I'm loving this season. Uh, Anyway, then uh, there is this interesting scene. I talked a little bit about where Kenya and Drew were meeting. And this is where Kenya's saying that Drew says she was surprised by Sonia. Uh, Drew says she was disinvited from Sonia's Mommy Nation event. Now, no one really knows in this cast what Mommy Nation is. And even after being explained to us, I'm still not quite sure what Mommy Nation is. It's, I guess, explained as a blog. So, Sonia says it's supporting black moms on a blog. Then she says we have more than 800 blogs on the platform. And I need us to take a step back and say, what does that mean? We have 800 blogs on the platform. So, 
I'm a, I guess what Sonia was saying is there's more than 800 blog posts on the platform. Is that what that meant? Maybe I missed something, but I was like, oh, that, so does that mean we have like 800 posts? So like if you go to a website and, and we, I think we all know that these blogs never last. I mean, I come from the early days of Vanderpump Rules. Remember where, uh, what was her, Katie was starting Pucker and Pout on the Vanderpump Rules show and she did a big launch party and then it never would be heard from again. And I feel like that's happened. That's the first example I could think of. But I feel like we often start these blogs and then it's like, what the hell happened to this blog? And it just goes by the wayside and then no one ever hears from it again. But now we said it. So I'm not sure exactly if Mommy Nation, I hope it lasts. I don't know, Sonia. She seems like someone, obviously she's an athlete. So she actually seems like someone who's going to keep up with stuff. She doesn't, I don't think she quits things halfway. Now, if it was Drew starting Mommy Nation, I might be a little concerned because I'm not sure how long Drop It With Drew is going to last, ladies and right. So, look, I'm hopeful for Mommy Nation. I was just a little confused exactly, because then also it was a sale. So we we heard that there were 800 blogs. So that led me to believe that it's sort of like a goop or like a, I don't know, a blog. We have 800 posts on there about being mommy, spelled with an I, which we need to talk about that for 45 minutes in just a second. But it's spelled with an I, M-O-M-M-I, Nation. Uh, but then the scene was them doing a photo shoot for the Mommy Nation blog where they were selling sweatshirts for Black Friday. So that would lead me to believe it's more e-commerce. So maybe it's a mix of both. Uh, that makes sense, too. Uh, and I'm not a blogger. I'm not Julie and Julia. But uh, it's a little confusing to me. And then, okay, so let's talk about the spelling. I'm, I'm not a big fan of them spelling things with different letters you know, there was a time in the early 2000s where I did write on a resume uh, my name as D, the at symbol, N-N-Y, uh, in an effort to be like Pink, the pop star. Remember when she put the upside down I or actually the exclamation point in place of the I? I think we've all been there. We've all done that mistake a time or two where we've tried to replace certain letters in our names or respell things uh, in an effort to be like our pop stars because they do it time and time again. Fergie's never spelled a word right in her life. Never spelled a word right in her life. And she's singing about it. At, at early 2000, they were all singing about spelling the names. I mean, God bless Gwen Stefani for spelling bananas correctly because it wasn't happening back then. It just wasn't happening. It was whatever fit with the beat. That's how they'd spell the words. Timbaland would get in the studio, and he didn't give a fuck if he was spelling it right or not, as long as it was fitting with the beat, okay? And I just don't think we need to take that practice into the 2022s. I think that's something that we should have left in 2008, where it belongs. And I understand the play on words. I'm assuming what the mommy with the I nation means is the I is there in place of the Y because it's like, I am the mommy, right? Is that, (laughs) is that make sense? Is that, that's what I assumed it meant was like mommy nation with an I because it's like, I'm the mommy. I'm the mama. What was that? um, Do you remember that show Dinosaurs? Remember that one little dinosaur puppet where he kept saying, not the mama, not the mama, or something like that? That's what's in my head. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You probably think I'm just speaking gibberish. Uh, but there was a show called Dinosaurs where there was a little baby dinosaur, and he'd say, not the mama, or, or not, what was what did he say? Not the mama? Anyway. <laughs> you guys are like, what the fuck, Danny? Maybe that accident injured me more than I thought. Maybe I got some some brain trauma, because I'm not sure, some trauma been through some trauma like Jamie Lee Curtis on the Halloween press tour. Anyway, I'm assuming the I was like I as in I. Uh, but I just sort of wish we weren't spelling it that way. 
And quite frankly, I don't think we need any sort of business with the name Mommy. I don't know if that's, uh, call me crazy. Love my mother, Linda Pellegrino, God bless. But I don't love when we say mommies. I don't love daddy either. Daddy always rings sexual to me. Maybe that's because I'm a gay man. I'm not sure. But the term daddy, it's like, I don't like mommy or daddy or, I don't know. It's not for me. It's not for me. At least certainly not in a business sense. Not in a business sense. Uh, but God bless their support and Kenya shows up. And they're pissed because Kenya's not getting paid. She didn't even know she was shooting. Now, Kenya's a, a, a model. She does not need to be doing this for free. She's a gorgeous gal. She's got a lot of businesses. She's got Kenya Moore hair care. And now she's shooting Mommy Nation for free for a Black Friday sale. Candy and Kenya were pissed about that. I love Black Friday much as the next person. But uh, you don't put Kenya and Candy, the two most successful housewives on this platform, uh, in your Black Friday sale ad. It's not okay for your Mommy Nation blog, which we're still uncertain if it's e-commerce or blogs or a mixture of both, unclear. Uh, anyway, Kenya stirs the pot and says what Drew said about Sonia. So that's, again, just going. And Sonia was like planning another dinner, and she's like, well, Drew's not coming now, and she's getting so pissed. And I don't even think Sonia has anything to be pissed at Drew about. I feel like this whole thing is just sort of made up because of the game of telephone they're all playing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, okay, we got to take a quick break here. We'll be right back with more to talk about The Real Houses of Atlanta. Thank you to ACAST. Follow me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. We'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in LA. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing, because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, They just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free 
filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code Everything iconic, all together one word at checkout to save an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet. And that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. And we're back, little girls. Little girl. Okay, so then we have Sonia at the Caribbean grocery store with her mom, and I love watching this. I love seeing the new grocery store that I'm not familiar with. I love seeing the new foods. I'm excited to do the cooking class, and cooking class is a time-old tradition on The Real Housewives. I remember one of the earliest cooking classes on The Real Houses of New York. Remember all the gals got together and there was like some feuding, I believe, between Countess Luann and Ramona Singer. This was maybe season one, two, three. It was the early seasons with Bethany. And uh, we're still in 2022 doing the cooking classes. And it's something that to me feels natural, less so than a goat yoga. Because I know plenty of women aged 40 to 70 in my life. And none of them in real life have done goat yoga or axe throwing. But on these shows, of course, every week they're doing a great Gatsby party. And it just happens. And I'm thinking in my real life, the women that I know these ages, they're not doing these kind of parties. But they are doing cooking classes. You know what they need to start doing more of? Bunko. I was just talking to my mom. She was going to Bunko. She goes to Bunko once a month. It's like a card game or dice game or something. And I think they did it on Orange County once. But they need to start doing more Bunko classes because they're Bunko. Um, it's not even a class. It's like the, the women go get drunk at Bunko. My mom called me after she got home from Bunko. She was like tipsy. I'm like, Mom, what were you doing? She's like, Dan, I was having a glass of wine at Bunko with my friends. And so that's something that they should do on these shows. Anyway... Um, so Sonia's all worked up about Drew, and I think it's all sort of made-up nonsense, but no one is really mad at each other, but they're pretending. Then we see Drew at Marlowe's because uh, she had to go in place of Kenya for production. And it was funny when Drew showed up at Marlowe's because Marlowe's like, drop it with Drew! <laughs> and she was just calling her drop it with Drew, and I loved it. I loved it. And it was so weird, though. She was there to make cupcakes and then leave. And they think, they have this theory. This was an interesting theory. Marlo and Drew think that Sonia only invited Candy and Kenya to the Mommy Nation with an Eye event because of the Instagram following. And then the producers show on the screen a graphic that shows who's got the most Instagram following. And I was, I sort of believed it. When I saw that graphic, I thought, they're onto something. I think that's actually, I don't know. Sonia, I kind of believe that. I kind of believe that. But now Drew says she's not going to the dinner event. 
And I'm like, are Marlo and Drew friendly? I don't know. No one. I think the problem I'm having with these pairings is that it's, we're almost, I guess, a few, we're a few episodes into the season, probably five episodes, right? Something like that. And it feels like no one knows yet who they want to align with. And usually by this point in the season, we know who's aligned with who. And I feel like this entire cast, they're not sure. And I'm not sure why that is exactly, why they don't know. And maybe it's a good thing because I don't always like when there's just two sides to these uh, seasons. I like when everything's layered. And it's throwing me off because this season's so layered in a beautiful way. And I, maybe that's what's making it so good and keeping us on our toes. But normally on the shows, it's like you got uh, side A or side B. And it's like, which one are you on as the audience member? And this one, it's like, wow, there's just layers upon layers. Like Marlo hates Kenya, but then they're friends. And then Marlo is friends with Drew. And then Drew hates Sonya. But then it is layered. It is layered. Uh, then we see Sheree. There's this really strange scene with Sheree where, you know, it, I actually really loved it because it was just simply a scene of Sheree eating potato chips. And then she does, and I wish I would have written this down, but she did monologue about potato chips in her confessional. And it seemed a little out of place for me, but then ultimately I think it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen on Housewives franchise when she said that potato chips, it's very important to have thick with the right amount of salt. And she's right and she should say it because it's about time somebody on these shows talked about what's really important in life, and that's potato chips, because I actually have a problem with the potato chip industry myself. I think those lays, have, has anyone had a lay recently? A lay? I'm not talking about a, a bedroom uh, a bedroom tryst. I'm talking about a lay's potato chips. They're too thin. They're too thin and oily, and you can't even, it almost is like they're thin like paper. And I feel like, maybe I haven't had lays in a while, but I had them recently, and I just don't remember them from when I was a kid, but they're way too fucking thin. And that's why I will only buy kettle cooked. Even the ruffles, the ruffles, uh, the only ruffles I like are the cheddar and sour cream. I like the cheddar and sour cream ruffles with a sour cream and onion dip. Okay, that's one thing. But the regular plain ruffles, I can't do them. Even those taste too thin. It's like you put them in your mouth. They remind me of Listerine strips, but they're salty because they just like sort of dissolve on your tongue because they're the, the, the consistency of paper. And so finally, Sheree's going after the potato chip industry with her platform, and I support it because somebody's got to say it. It's too much with these thin-ass chips. Thin-ass chips. And Sheree, I'm not sure she planned that day to take on the potato chip industry, but she did, and she did it well. And so this week's, uh, this week's, what did we got to say, the mazel of the week? Andy, I don't want to steal his thing, the mazel of the week, but we'll say the the um, congratulatory of the week. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. But Sheree, I just want to thank her for taking on the potato chip industry because somebody has to do it. Uh, and it's just, we need kettle, we need kettle cook reform and we need it now. Every chip should be kettle cooked. Do you remember back in the nineties, by the way, this is not really related, sort of related in the nineties when they had those wow chips. Do you guys remember the, the brand of wow where it was fat free chips and then make you poop? You know, they made you go right away, but they were fat-free. Uh, I don't even remember those being that thin. I feel like the consistency of those, I, I had those, every every flavor of the WoW chip, but they definitely had the Lay's WoWs, they had the Ruffles WoWs, fat-free, uh, they did no calories, it was just immediately went right through you. I don't know, it was just chemicals that went right through you. And uh, those even were thicker than the chips now. And so they just need to step it up, Lays. I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. 
I suppose there'll never be a podcast sponsor, but it is what it is. We need to get um, one of the thicker brands on here and everything iconic. Anyway, Amarlo calls and tells Sheree to come to the house. And Sheree's like, oh, I'm in my pajamas eating potato chips. But it was so weird, and it was so set up, because obviously Sheree was there with the camera crew. And I can't imagine on the production schedule that it said, like, film Sheree about potato chips, and then that's it. Like, (laughs) do you see what I mean? It's like, Sheree was in, I believe, a full face face of makeup. I believe that Sheree had the makeup artist there earlier. Then she did the monologue about the chips. And then they filmed her eating the chips. And obviously, that couldn't have been it on the production schedule. It had to have said, okay, then Sheree, you're going to Marlo's house, right? Like, Sheree had to have known, then a car is going to pick you up. And we were all pretend. No one's that good of an actress. None of these women are that good of an actress. But she's like, oh, I got to go. And she's like, yeah, you got to put on a different outfit. And then Sheree got ready, put on a different outfit. It was all just kind of stagey and weird that they, because normally, I don't even think they needed to do all that. I think they could have just, I don't know, had Sheree showing up. But then maybe they wanted to keep in the thing about the potato chips. I'm not sure. Anyway, Marlo then makes her come over and wear an eye mask the whole way. And that was confusing too, because... Okay, Sheree knew she was going to Marlo's house, right? So why did Marlo make her wear an eye mask the whole way to the Marlo's house? Like it was a surprise. That was so the poor driver was like, You gotta put on this eye mask. And Sheree's like, I just did my makeup. Like, I don't wanna <laughs> I just did my fucking makeup. And then that's when Drew has to run out of the back gate with the chicken fingers on the paper towel. I have the no. chill no. on the fucking paper towel. She was able to grab one or two chicken fingers on a paper towel, and then she had to run out the fucking back door. Uh, and then Sheree ends up going into Marlo's house. She gets 11000 worth of Fendi that she had to pay for. She was pissed. She's like, why didn't any of this come free? Now, I do worry that Sheree's just spending eleven k on Fendi at Marlo's house. Is anyone else concerned about that? I mean, I want these women to shop, you know, God bless, but... I can't imagine Sheree's paycheck for the Real of Atlanta is that high because she would have had to, her negotiation, because she had left the show, I would imagine Sheree's uh, season-long pay is not as high as it was when she left. And now here she's spending eleven k. That's probably a big chunk of her paycheck for the week. She's spending on Fendi yet. And I was concerned because also we, I know we're getting into the business with the Sheree joggers and the She by Sheree next week. But I'm concerned about the business, and I think that 11K should have maybe gone into the business instead of into Fendi. And I only say that because I'm concerned. But uh, I love me. I love some Sheree. Oh, there was uh, Marlo also made a cake for Sheree. And I just have to say, it said, I love me. Okay, wait. This is what the cake said. Marlo wrote this on the cake. I love me. Queen, joggers, uh, and then it said either drive or diva. We're not sure. We're not sure. It sort of looked like it said drive. And then Sheree looked at the cake and she was like, oh, thank you. But then in the confessional, she's like, Marlo can't even spell the name of her company, La Archive, right? Why the hell is she writing on a cake? And I thought, you know what? But now we said it. But now we said it. Thank you, Sheree. Why is she writing on a cake? They do some foot massages. Then we cut to the cooking event with Sonia. And by the way, I do, I'm happy that Marlo is being there for Sheree. I, I didn't love how it turned at the end of the episode. I mean, I loved it as an audience member, but as a human, I was a little concerned the way that it turned where it was just Marlo and Sheree like talking all that shit about everyone else. I loved watching it, but as a human, I didn't love, you know, it was like a little bit, it was a little bit gross, but then also I loved watching it. I loved watching it, but 
they seemed like they were supporting, raising each other up, and then they tore down the other women. That's what I didn't like about it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but at Sonia's cooking event, that's when Kenya shows up, and Kenya and Marlo keep throwing these digs at each other. Kenya says something about the 90-year-olds that Marlo dates. Marlo's like, well, they take the blue pill, they're fine. You know, So uh, she's even admitting, yeah, she dates, she fucks 90-year-olds, but at least they take a little Viagra pill before they fuck. So I was happy and proud of Marlo for finally admitting that, because I feel like sometimes Kenya throws that dig. Kenya's like, you date the old men, the old-ass men. And Marlo's like, no, or she, she kind of half denies it. But now finally she had some real growth this week because she said, yeah, I do fuck them, but they take the blue pill. So they at least have a hard dick when I do it. So, you know, I appreciate that. I'm proud of Marlo. Very proud of Marlo. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. 
So Kenya, she couldn't show up to the charade thing because she said she was sick. And she sort of coughs in the corner, but it did feel like a, a fake cough. And they're all looking at it, and Sheree's pissed because Sheree's pissed at Kenya. She's pissed at Candy. Candy, by the way, brought Mama Joyce to this event. And it hasn't been enough Mama Joyce lately in my life. To be honest, when we get too much of Mama Joyce, I, I feel a little overwhelmed by her presence. But as it stands, I feel like I miss Mama Joyce, and I was happy they brought her to this event because I've been missing her. I've been missing her. And at one point, she was like talking to everyone. She was telling Sheree that she needs to block Tyrone forever, and she was talking with the knife in her hands, and it just made me miss her. It just made me so happy to see her, and I thought, God, Mama Joyce, you're a good character. Just waving that knife around and being like, you need to block him. You need to block him forever. And she's right, and she should say it. Uh, but look, Kenya snaps at Marlo because Marlo's questioning about Kenya and why she's there, but then she wasn't. And there's something they're not really explaining correctly, I think. There's something about the COVID of it all and the COVID testing that they have to do. And I think that's what's the elephant in the room that they're not quite explaining. Because I feel like Kenya did probably get ready. Maybe she had the makeup. And then before they went to film, here's what I think happened. I think the women oftentimes probably hire their own glam, or the glam isn't necessarily hired through the production company. So the glam probably came, did Kenya's makeup, did her hair, and then before filming, they have to test these women. And so maybe that she had a maybe she had a positive test or a false positive test. And so she couldn't go film and maybe she wasn't feeling great, or maybe they didn't even test her because Kenya's like coughing a little bit, or she wasn't feeling great. So they didn't even test her. They were like, oh well, you'll just stay home today. But they can't really explain the filming of it all. So it was got a little convoluted. Uh, but they're all yelling at each other about that. And Marlo's like, so you went to the doctor in full glam? And I, I kind of felt like what she was really saying was, so you were in full glam when the COVID tester that was sent on behalf of production showed up? Am I making any sense? That's what I took it to believe. Anyway. Marlo and Trey are pissed at Sonia for not inviting her to the Mommy Nation with an eye event. And they say, there's no way that you got this close to Candy. Because all of a sudden, Sonia and Candy are besties. And Marlo's like, I've been around this group for a 100 fucking years, and I'm just now barely getting to know Candy. And she's right about that, because Candy doesn't just become friendly with anybody. And Candy, rightfully so, she's got her guard up a little bit, and she's not going to just become besties with just about anyone. But Sonia is it's seemingly, I don't know, seemingly been able to connect with Candy in a way that the other gals haven't been able to. And at first I was on Marlo's side. I was like, you know what? She's right. She's right. And then Marlo and Trey went outside and they started talking shit about Candy. And I was like, oh, that's why Candy hasn't been friends with you guys. Because <laughs> you're so fucking rude. Because then they just were talking about Candy in the in the back porch they said Sonia's up Candy's ass. Marlo says that Candy is a money mommy for everyone. She pays for everyone, the whole team. Marlo says that Candy doesn't help other people. She said she fucked everyone for free. Oh, you guys, I'm sorry to even say this out loud. This was a direct quote. Marlo said, uh, she effed everyone for free. Her her Meredith Gray isn't good, and that's why she dates under her tax bracket. She says uh, Kenya was a video hoe who went through every rapper in America and never got a ring. And then Sheree said facts. I have the no, kill. No. She just said facts. She just said facts. Now these two are saying the worst things. This is going to be a hell of a reunion. This is going to be a hell of a reunion because there's no way that Kenya and Gandhi were going to hear that or watch that scene and not be pissed at Marlon and Sheree. It is going to be crazy. 
And, uh, or, or maybe it'll come up on this season. Maybe it'll be revealed. But I think this reunion is going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. They finally go back and sign after talking all that shit about everyone. And seemingly, Sheree and Marlo are buddies with Drew now. So it seems like that's going to be a trio. But we could, we don't know because it's changing every minute. And then Drew, they start playing like the Jaws music. And then Drew shows up ominously and awkwardly. And it was so... <laughs> You always know when the when the Jaws music comes on. It's not the real Jaws music. It's like the free version of the Jaws music that they have the rights to. And it's always like a housewife showing up uninvited. I love it. I love it. They do that on every, all the seasons, every episode. When that happens, it makes me so happy. You just hear that. I don't know if I'm doing a good impression, but it's like a, a bad Jaws music. <laughs> It's like there's a shark in the water, but really it's just a housewife showing up uninvited. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love these shows. We're so blessed. Okay, then they go back inside. Drew shows up. Next week, we get Drew versus Sheree, it seems like, but I thought they were friends. And then uh, they say Sonya's clout chasing Marlo versus Kenya. We get some stuff about she by Sheree, and then we see Marlo with the nephews and talking about her sister, and that looks compelling TV as well. So that's this week's episode of The Real Houses of Atlanta, you guys. Uh, what do I got to say? Anything else we got to get through? Uh, I'll be back later this week with Beverly Hills. And uh, again, find me on social media, get my book, How Do I and Remember This? And um, wait, there was something else I want to tell you guys. Oh, I saw this movie, Marcel the Shell. If It's fantastic. It's based on sort of like a viral video from 2010. I guess this Marcel the Shell was a popular thing. And uh, I'll remind you all again to see it. But it comes out later this month in certain cities. And I know they're doing sneak previews all over. And I was so moved by it. Truly just so, I was moved by it. It was so beautiful. I loved it. So see that. Watch the show Hacks on HBO Max. If you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. Uh, They just wrapped up their second season. I'm loving I Love That For You on Showtime. It's with Vanessa Bayer, Matt Rogers, John O. Wilson, Molly Shannon. It's great. It's great. Um, so I just wanted to recommend those things. And uh, I love you all so much for listening. Should we do our cheesy little cool down? Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Love you all so much. Stay safe, happy, healthy. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. And even if you're heartbroken, try to find the good so that you feel good in a place like this. I love you all so much for listening. (laughs) Bye-bye.